G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, that trial of the man I mentioned who is known as Ahok, his name is Basuki Tahaja Panama. Well, this trial is continuing. He is the Christian governor of Jakarta in Indonesia who was charged with blasphemy after he made a comment in September last year saying that a Quranic verse was being misused by some people. Well, since then, Indonesia has seen some of the largest protests in its history as a result of the allegations against AHOC. Hundreds of thousands marched in the streets of the capital demanding his arrest. Well, to get an update on some of these developments, and these are important developments given that Indonesia is a very close northern neighbour of ours. Professor Peter Riddell, he's an expert on Islam in Southeast Asia. Peter's published widely on Southeast Asia, Islam and Christian-Muslim relations. He was appointed as Professor of Islamic Studies and the founding director of the Centre for Islamic Studies and Muslim-Christian Relations at the London School of Theology. He is currently vice-principal at the Melbourne School of Theology and part of the Arthur Jeffries Centre for the Study of Islam. Professor Peter Riddell, welcome back to 2020. Uh, Thank you, Neil. It's good to be back. Uh, Peter, you're there uh, in the middle of Melbourne right now, and thank you so much for making some time to give us an update. Uh, What is the latest on uh, the developments uh, that are happening with AHOC and his trial? Yes, well, um, the trial is ongoing, Neil. Um, It's now had uh, eight days of uh, of the case being heard before the court. Um, and it was it started in early December, and we just had the last um, day day number eight on Tuesday past. Now, what's happened uh, in the early days um, in early December? Um, the uh, case was brought against uh, Ahok. Uh, the charges were laid, and he was given a chance to reply. Um, he re- refuted the charges in uh, on day two. And since then, um, the judges have decided that there was a case to be heard, and therefore there have been further days, another six days of hearings, where the prosecution has presented uh, a string of witnesses who uh, support the charges against him of blasphemy. So that's where we're at. Um, At the moment, uh, we're still some way from a decision being reached. Um, uh, The prosecution continues to present witnesses. There's been a bit of a tangle and confusion in in that process some on some uh, some of the witnesses haven't shown up um, but it's ongoing um, and we're some there's some way to go in this case uh, Peter if we're talking on balance and a, a simple way of looking at things so far as uh, Ahok is concerned uh, are things looking good for him or are they looking bad well I think uh, he he has cause for concerns concern there's good and bad news. The good news is that um, the, the, this whole case uh, is happening at the same time as the uh, campaign for re-election for the position of governor in Jakarta. Now, in spite of this 
case that's ongoing, which is against him as the incumbent governor, and that brings with it all kinds of challenges for him. Nevertheless, he and his running mate are way out in front in all the polls as to um, the likely outcome of the election. So the good news is that in spite of the case, clearly he has more support than other candidates. And that alone is a statement of mass support for him as a person and as a governor. And it's a, it's a statement of popular view, really, widespread popular view against the case being held. That's the good news. The bad news is that um, such blasphemy cases that have been held in the last decade and more have always ended up with the accused being found guilty. So he faces a, you know, a fairly daunting prospect there. I read a quote from Ahok where he was saying that he sees what's happening now with his blasphemy trial as a something of a historic opportunity for Indonesia uh, and, and says... Uh, He says, if we can continue to build our nation according to our constitution, which says we are a united country based on unity in diversity. So it is, it's a test for Indonesia, isn't it? It clearly is a test for Indonesia. And he is one of a number of people, um, both uh, politicians and academics and so forth, who represent a bright future for Indonesia, if their view can can assert itself. Uh, He and the current president, President Widodo, and uh, a range of other people around them are, are liberal, they're democratic, they're, they're pluralist, uh, they're, they're multicultural, and they're wanting it to bring Indonesia into the 21st century. Uh, his opponents, who are bringing this case against him, represent a very backward-looking, narrow, very conservative form of uh, Islamic uh, radicalism, and one would hope that they won't uh, win the day. Uh, now, as I understand it, uh, just picking some numbers out of memory, uh, around about 250 million uh, population in Indonesia. I might be, am I right or wrong on that? Is that yeah, that's correct. Okay, yeah. right. So, and when we talk about Christianity in Indonesia, a minority religion, but somewhere around the 10 percent mark. Uh, so, how does how does that sort of? I mean, what it, what it shows, I guess, is uh, when we talk about 10%, uh, sometimes that doesn't sound so exciting. But when you've got 250 million population, 10% rates uh, 25 million. So the church is quite substantial, even though it's a minority in Indonesia, Peter. Yes, that's absolutely correct. There are as many Christians in Indonesia as there are people in Australia. Now, that's you know that, that means something in its own right. Um, now, of course, there are different denominations and there are some divisions and so forth. And yet, nevertheless, the church is potentially a powerful voice. Also, the fact that uh, Christians do tend to be congregated in certain parts of Indonesia more than others. So they have a powerful voice in certain parts of Indonesia. And it's good to see uh, Christians such as Ahok getting into positions of uh, influence as he has done. And Peter, as we talk about Indonesia, uh, the largest Sunni Muslim population in the world, does the fact that this is a primarily Sunni population of Muslims mean anything when it comes to uh, these blasphemy laws and uh, the pressure that may be on Christians there? Well, the Sunni Muslim population is incredibly divided, and what we're seeing with this uh, particular case, as as you mentioned in your introduction, there were a couple of demonstrations of 200,000 people in November and December against Ahok and in favour of the blasphemy charges. Now, that's a pretty scary prospect, and yet what that reflects is a particular very narrow conservative brand of radical Islam that's out beating the drum and pushing their case, and they're doing it. They're doing it through intimidatory means and bullying means because they were not successful in parliamentary elections. Um, In the four elections, uh, the last four elections in Indonesia, 
these radical Islamic groups scraped barely 10% of the popular vote. Most major responsible Muslim organizations are supporting Ahok. So um, the Sunni population is incredibly divided, and it's going to be interesting to see which way all of this uh, turns. So if we're joining the dots, uh, when there is a election campaign, as is now underway in uh, Indonesia for the governorship there of Jakarta, uh, this whole uh, focus on the blasphemy charges, is there a connection there that you could say the opponents of Ahok have introduced this in order to derail his campaign so that he can't be elected or or could be disgraced in some way? Is it politically motivated? Uh, very much so. And in a sense, this particular case is the tip of the iceberg because the radical Islamic groups that have brought the case against Ahok, their ultimate goal is the president, President Widodo, who is an ally of Ahok, and they want to overthrow his approach to the state of developing a modern liberal state. And the opponents are really in favour of, of, of establishing a conservative, old-style Islamic state. So, so really, in a sense, the Ahok case is a test case for a much bigger struggle that's taking place within the within Indonesia, between the forces for radical conservative Islam and a more modern pluralistic kind of mindset. Now, we started talking about this late last year when all of this news began to break and there was some thought that uh, there would be a transparent and quick trial, it'll all be over and done with. But here we are, 1st of February, and things are still going on. And uh, what, what, what appears to be the next steps? What ought to we be expecting, Peter? Yes. Well, um, the, the elections themselves for the governor are coming up on the 15th of February, so that's only two weeks away. Uh, this trial is dragging on, and it is, it is messy. It's, it's untidy. It's unpredictable. Um, Indonesia is not like northern European states that run like clockwork and on time according to schedule. In Indonesia, t- things tend to be delayed and so forth, and there have been repeated cases on the days of these, this hearing where witnesses for the prosecution have not turned up, so that's tended to delay things. Um, so looking forward, um, the elections will be held. If the polls are correct, Ahok and his running mate will be re-elected, and I, it looks as if the blasphemy case will drag on um, beyond that, um, in which case, if he's found guilty, then uh, he, he faces prison. If he's found uh, if he's found uh, innocent, then uh, he'll be able to take up his position. But I would expect protests from radical Islamic groups if that happens. Is there some similarity or some sort of uh, correlation? You know, here in Australia, oftentimes we can lament that there are a lot of uh, Muslim or Islamic headlines in the media, and therefore there's a, a you know a very high prominence to uh, to uh, what is a minority religion in Australia. Does it work the sort of the opposite in Indonesia? You've got this very very high profile case. The Christian governor is on trial. Has Christianity grown in in profile because of this? Well, I would I would hope it has. Um, you don't get the Christians in Indonesia don't have they're not empowered to the same degree to have a voice beyond their numbers as is the case with uh, Islamic minorities in Western countries. Um, but certainly, uh, the Christian identity of the governor uh, that's on the agenda to some extent, um, and one would hope that uh, this will raise questions uh, about the uh, importance of the important role that Christianity can play in Indonesia in working to bring Indonesia into the 21st century. 
Uh, well, Peter, always appreciate your insights and no doubt over the weeks ahead uh, we'll be calling on you again for another update and uh, your insights are just wonderful. Professor Peter Riddell, he's an expert on Islam in Southeast Asia. I mentioned that he's currently Vice-Principal at the Melbourne School of Theology and part of the Arthur Jeffries Centre for the Study of Islam. And if you want to be in touch with Peter, no doubt you'll be able to do so through that website for the Melbourne School of Theology, mst.edu.au. That's mst.edu.au. Peter, thanks so much for joining us today and uh, sharing your information, knowledge and insight with us uh, here on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's been a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.